1: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down. Yeah, Digitex
0: does that. D I G I T E X C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Ched. All right, all right, all right. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you. Had a informational session with Hart Levine from Puckpedia uh, discussing some of the unique challenges facing the National Hockey League uh, with things like escrow and deferral. And John Shannon coming up today at 1.35, David Staples from the Cult Hockey in about uh, 38 seconds time. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan at Brendan with two E's, Scott with two T's. Keep pumping out those texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years. Just before we go to David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, I do want to get into a couple texts here regarding uh, movies from the uh, 1980s, this since we opened up with uh, St. Elmo's Fire today because it's John Parr's birthday. National Lampoon's Vacation says, Fear the Fin. So a little uh, Chevy Chase. Now, was that the one with Beverly D'Angelo? I'm thinking it was. Uh, and the secret professor, I believe I did his podcast, smart guy, Videodrome is the best film of the 1980s. David Cronenberg, James Woods, and the singular Debbie Harry, of course, better known as Blondie. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Alan says, Bob, I'll preface this by saying I didn't exist in the 1980s, but my favorite 80s movie and probably my favorite movie ever is Full Metal Jacket. Arlie Lee Ermey delivered some classic one-liners in the boot camp portion of the movie. Watching that movie was a rite of passage as a young Army cadet. That uh, one comes to us from Alan. Originally, he was supposed to be, uh, the actor you mentioned, was supposed to be sort of the... Uh, the go-to educator for all of the uh, actors and then they realized wait a sec here we need this guy to do it because uh you know what he knows it and he ended up uh, carving out a bit of a niche for himself as an actor as a result of that role Who, uh, Michael denofrio was in that I've always liked his work uh, from the oh what's that show that used to be on sunday night uh there's a whole series of them whatever it is we got David staples lined up Brendan we ready to go here with him yes sir all right from the cult to hockey David staples David how you doing
1: I'm doing good, Bob. How are you doing, man?
0: Good. Good. Now, you are a uh, a guy who grew up during the 1980s. Do you have a favorite yes. 80s Do you have a favorite 1980s movie?
1: I got two. I'm tempted to go with Blade Runner. Such a great last scene, but I have to go with the classic 80s movies, Bob. I feel the need for speed, Top Gun. That there isn't a better movie for summing up the kind of the vibe of the 1980s than Top Gun. Uh, kind of optimism little bit of jingoism um the, that was the ronald reagan era in the united states yes. and uh young guys you know i was a young guy then too uh hear, uh, and i've heard you mention bob that some people might have thought that you kind of looked like tom cruise back then
0: I know it's it's hard to believe. I, 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 I went from looking like Tom Cruise to looking like, an, and it's just the character's name, but uh, Big Pussy from The Sopranos. So it's, it's been quite the uh, evolution or de-evolution over the years. Uh, and S- the Sopranos, great uh, great TV show in the 1990s. Uh, Dave, just, just before we get to some of the prospect stuff, there was a... Interesting tweet out, like Dustin Penner is a different cat, we all know that, he's uh, a little bit atypical in the majority of the former uh, players on Twitter, and he fired something out last night that allegedly surfaced in a city council meeting in edmonton uh you're the perfect guy to address this did did, did, did this speaker actually take uh this conversation take place during a city council what, what's going on there what happened
1: well i've had the clip sent to me by about three or four people and it does sound like a city council meeting if i'm not mistaken when i hear the voice, voices Councillor aaron paquette and they have meetings and you can speak for five minutes and it sounds like this dr roger Hodgkinson. Yes. Who is a pathologist and a and a you know very very accomplished doctor, and essentially in very colorful language, he was just laying bare some of the facts about COVID. You know, and and you know people he, he's in the in the camp that says everyone should get on there with their lives pretty much and we should protect old people although i don't know if he said that we should protect old and vulnerable people but um he he was in that camp uh, you know let's get on with our lives and there's lots of people in that camp uh, you know if you want to if you want to read the science behind that just google the great barrington declaration but there's other people other scientists who say you know this is a very deadly disease for for elderly people we're doing a poor job of protecting them so we have to do it's a bit more of a balancing act and it's a very difficult one, so it's hard to know sometimes what to think, Bob, um with all of the conflicting evidence from scientists, and I think it's I don't think there's any clear path uh, any clear or easy path forward. these are brutal times and everyone's struggling to make sense of it.
0: All right, so you have to cover this on a day-to-day basis. Um, How frustrating is it when you see it get politicized a little bit, because I I get the sense that it gets politicized and obviously maybe libertarians, and again, if you're a libertarian, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a Canadian liberal, Uh, but if you're a libertarian, you might have a different perspective than somebody that's uh, you know, maybe far left, or for that matter, far right. So how much of a political football is this, David?
1: When Trump was still in power. it was really hot politically because trump was trump's a libertarian, and he was going with the you know the let things go, let things um flow in terms of the economy but, but the the funny thing is a lot of scientists like the people who have signed you know people from Oxford and Harvard and very smart individuals who are scientists also go with kind of a libertarian philosophy in terms of uh, control of this disease. But there's other scientists who really go for a much more controlled approach. And I think in Alberta, what they're trying to do so far as I can tell is take a middle ground. So,
0: okay. I just got some news out of, I believe it was a tweet from Richard Zussman out of uh, BC saying there's a possibility that they're going to put a ban on, uh, uh, provincial travel, non-essential provincial t- travel in British Columbia to limit the spread. They've obviously had an increased... Uh, uh a case hold like everywhere else it doesn't matter if it's an NDP government a conservative government it's throughout uh the northern northern hemisphere right now uh Germany was a country that was ahead of things they're getting pounded like and this ties back into hockey David like you know we're sitting here hoping that the NHL and the NHLPA can broker a deal so we can play in 2021 but we still are at the little bit at the mercy of this thing aren't we
1: I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I I was convinced uh, last, as you know, last spring, right from the start, that there was going to be, I was 90% right from the start, there's going to be playoffs. And there, there were playoffs because it, it just seemed like it made economic sense with the TD contract, so they had to go forward. It just seems, you know, if if we can't get the numbers under control here in North America and if we get communi- in continuing like a 1,000 a day, 2,000 a day, if we can get it, we might get up to that. Who knows what's going to happen? If it gets up that high, Bob, you know, and in the States, it's already that high, like on a per capita basis. their numbers in some American states. So what's the nhl going to look like how are they going to go and i'm so if i had to make a prediction i'm i'm going with the later dates rather than the earlier dates and um, you know i you know the the one piece of good news on the horizon is to, the talk of these vaccines that, that look very promising so the nhl owners might be thinking if the vaccines are real and they're coming out why not wait a little bit delay as much as we can and get fans in the stands rather than push ahead although they might want to push ahead anyway if if the tv money is enough just to make it barely sustainable and the players can they can hammer out a deal with the players maybe they'll do it that way but you know in terms of fans in the stands obviously the vaccine at this point is the only thing that's going to make that happen all right european games that i'm watching bob there are fans in the stands I yes. should say, like some of the leagues have you know sometimes they'll have a hundred fans sometimes it looks like in russia it looks like there might be a couple thousand uh and then sometimes in the swiss league games there's none
0: yeah and it's all over the map and that's where we're going to go next because one of the things we're doing with your cult hockey site is you're upgrading and grading or you're updating and grading the performance of the orders 18 players i think there's 18 that are currently playing over in europe right now 18 players and prospects uh and the first question I have is: How difficult is it for you to seriously? You're not in the building; you're watching it online. Um, it, it's different. Like the Finnish league is different than the the Swiss league. It's, it's different than the Swedish league. It's different than the KHL, the Austrian league. I mean, you got players in five or six different leagues. How do, how can you judge? You know, what are the hazards of judging players by you know Twitter highlights and that sort of stuff?
1: Well, the Twitter highlight thing is really misleading. I mean, because we'll we'll see Philip Broberg or Broberry, as they call him in Sweden. We'll see a highlight of him going end to end, and then you watch a game, and and you're kind of hoping to see that, and you can go whole games, and you don't see him rush the puck with that, then you could be disappointed extent where he's actually had a pretty good game but because you're you're hoping for that twitter highlight you, you might rank him a little bit less so there's a couple issues you know the nhl scouts right now are using these uh scouting services um online scouting services they can't get into a lot of the rinks I, I understand so a lot of nhl teams are using this these kind of same services that we're using to watch the games and um, the feeds are really good sometimes when you watch the ahl games for instance they're terrible uh in the past but the european feeds are really strong and and you get a good sense of the players the confounding thing is though you watch let's say evan bouchard in the all league which is swedish division two and then you watch or Raphael of in swedish division two he's on the Worst team, and then you watch Kirill Maximov, who's in the KHL. The KHL is a really hard, good league. It's the closest league to the NHL, so it's hard to to rank Maximov against Lebois, who's in this league, which is somewhere between the um, the QMJM uh, Major Junior Hockey, Quebec Major Junior Hockey, and the AHL. It's kind of in between there. Whereas the KHL is is just a cup. It's between the it's the best European league. So to try to get a sense, like. Maximov's maybe not doing so well in his games, but he's playing much tougher quality of competition. So you really have to get your head around that.
0: All right. I want to talk about the Oilers uh, three first rounders that are currently playing right now. Uh, And I'm going to go, we're we're actually going to start, locally because dylan holloway those games were on national tv unfortunately we didn't get it here in canada because it was on the nhl network on nbc uh sn out of the states but dylan holloway playing uh he's up now the team canada world junior camp where by the way he's in a separate pod he's not skating with the main guys down in red deer yet what did you see out of holloway over the the couple games against notre dame i
1: actually saw kind of a commonality between uh Broberg and uh, Holloway in that the Oilers with their last uh, two first picks have drafted a similar kind of player. These guys are both big. They're big players. And and Broberg especially looks big on the ice. He's 6'3", 205, 210. Holloway is 6'1", I think 205. They're big and they're really great skaters. Are those guys ever fast? They can both wheel with the puck, move with the puck. They're agile. Um, They go in all directions quickly. Their skating is out of this world good like it's it's the thing that jumps out of out of more than anything else plus they also have some skill and the, and the question is with both of them is do they have what kind of offensive skill do they have? Do they have that really kind of elite offensive skill that would make them, that would make Holloway a top six forward or Broberry, uh, Broberg a, a top pairing defenseman? And I and my answer is they might, like they really might. I know that uh, Mike Zanier was on last week and said he sees Broberg four, five, six. I really think Broberg a, a, at least is the second pairing defenseman in the NHL. Uh, and... Uh, has top pairing potential. He he really can fly out wow. there, and he's he can go through. He, he'll he'll sift through the entire team. He can do it once a game, and I he, he's doing it more and more.
0: It's interesting because Mike was quite effusive in his praise of Joel Person, okay, and his ability to potentially be a puck moving defenseman at the NHL level. And yeah. I can tell you, we knew in the first two days of training camp that wasn't yeah. going to happen. That he, he didn't he didn't have he didn't have the pivoting skills with his skating. And then he couldn't man up physically. And when I mean man up, I mean one on one. He was absolutely overwhelmed. And, and so conversely, I look at Broberg. I'm like you. To me, he's a top three D man all day. And I just know that from watching him against the other NHL guys. Holloway to me is an interesting one. Uh, Wisconsin had such a horrendous year, David, a year ago, massively. Yeah. I mean, People thought that was the best recruiting. There were people in the States that thought that was one of the best recruiting classes in the last decade in the NCAA. And it, and Wisconsin came in dead last in the, uh, Big Ten. And it, it kind of is a bit like, uh, Boston College. Like Boston College kept on having an BU. They've had some really good recruiting classes. And after having some really successful programs circa 2009 to about 2013-14, You know, they've been relying on those first year players and it didn't pan out. So I was intrigued to see Holloway's sort of improved performance in his second year. I want to ask about Bouchard as well. I mean, he's really picked it up offensively. It's way too good for the, uh, you know, the league that he's playing in right now. Is it, you know, how how can you judge sort of second division Swedish hockey? How can we even get a fair gauge on that?
1: (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. And he is such—he is so fantastic at this level of play, Bob. It's like um, when he—it's like he's a, like he's a robot, and he's got some kind of laser guidance system on his passes. So every one of them, they will go right through other players, like between their skates. He, he passes right through guys, like a Harlem Globetrotter passing the basketball, and hits guys right on the stick. And he's constantly doing that all game long, and it, and at that level of play, he's able to do it. The the, the one uh, thing I, I see, and I don't know if he'll be if this will. Trend, is so he, he is really quickly, rapidly joining the play, like joining the attack as the extra attacker. When it's a three-on-three three rush, you'll rush up there. And he's moving very well with the puck. But again, it's really hard to get... It's somewhat hard to get a gauge on him. Like, Broberg's playing at a higher level than Bouchard is. Bouchard's crushing it. Broberg's doing okay, but what does that mean exactly? So, I, you know, you'd have to be a, a, a you know a hockey guy at a higher pay level pay grade than me to be able to assess that
0: all right david how do people uh you do split it between your you've got two separate twitter accounts is that right
1: yes because i don't like to mix politics and sports too much uh uh, David Staples Yeg for politics, which I write about all the time, and then de- at D de- Staples for the health of hockey stuff.
0: Now, in fairness, you got to go to the mouth of the lion when you're talking radio, and given the current plight we're in right now, uh, politi- the pandemic uh, in in relation politics does play a factor into when we could be potentially starting as well. There's some really interesting theories out there, David. Uh, one of these days, we'll do a little discussion on reset <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i'm working on a story right now bob on all the different series there's three main series for covid and how to battle it and i'm digging into it right now so uh that's my current topic
0: all right send me that story when it gets them done okay thanks do. david great stuff that is david thanks, staples from the uh, cult of hockey it is 122 at edmonton hmm. oh we could have some fun coming up greta trivia it's not going to be an easy one when we come back on Oilers Now.
1: This is Oilers Now
0: with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio,
1: 630 Chad.
0: All right, I don't think it's that hard. But we're going to open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. And during these times where, you know, there are going to be days... When we eventually do get back to some form of normalcy where we'll be doing things like interviewing Jay Woodcroft on Mondays after the completion of an American Hockey League weekend and talking to Brad Lauer on a Thursday about the upcoming weekend for the Edmonton Oil Kings, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the day-to-day that is everything Oilers on a show like Oilers now. But we're not at that place yet, (laughs) and uh, we got some work to do in that regard. But you still got to have a little bit of fun. With things. And we talked a bit about uh, to open the show today St. Elmo's Fire, uh, the Brat Pack, and, uh, you know, some of the great 1980s movies. So this question sort of has to do with the 80s and sort of has to do with hockey. Time for Oilers Now Trivia, brought to you by Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar. Eat drink, play. Brennan Escott, what are people playing for today? Well, they've got all those games down at the Greta Bar, all the arcade games, the classics, the currents, and you're getting $50 in gaming credit towards those. Alright, here we go. It's tied to the 1980s. And it has to do with Wayne Gretzky. Which soap opera did Wayne Gretzky make a cameo in where he was referred to as Wayne from the Edmonton operation. Again, the question, which soap opera did Wayne Gretzky appear in in a cameo where he was referred to as Wayne from the Edmonton operation? I was actually surprised he didn't get an Emmy for uh, uh, best guest appearance uh, on a soap opera. Because, you know, he was, after all, still is. The great one. The great Gretzky. So you can always have a little bit of fun. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got a winner, Bob. Dean, we got a winner. We got a winner. Dean was all over it. Dean knew it was the young and the restless. You would not believe how many days of our lives we're currently Now, Bo and Hope are on days of our lives. Um, actually, you know, you opened up with Mr. Mister uh, going back about uh, a month ago. Uh, broken Wings, and that was sort of one of the characters on Bow and Hope, or Bo, on Young, or now I'm getting them mixed up. Young and the Restless is the answer for Wayne from the Edmonton operation. The, uh, we get, so Y and R, Y and and R. We got a lot. Actually, I'd say about 90% of the textures right now are banging it out on uh, Young and the Restless. Who knew? Je- <laughs> we got a General Hospital. Oop. It was not uh General Hospital. That was Luke and Laura they were like the first super couple. Hey, it was the 1980s. I mean, you know, you weren't in school all day back then. Obviously, judging by the amount of texts, like we we've, we've probably had 60 texts fly in here in the uh, last 7-8 minutes. So, yes, the answer in last 4 minutes, days of our lives was the one with Bone and Hope and Patch. But Wayne Gretzky's appearance was on Young and the Restless. There you go. And so, for the multitude of the listeners to the show that have gotten uh, Young and the Restless, congratulations, Wayne, from the Edmonton Operation. Unquestionably, one of the greatest acting moments in soap opera history. Is that the one with Susan Lucci? Which one's she on? She on Young and the Restless? I don't even know. Uh, There you have it. 127 in Edmonton. Uncle Milt. Out in Brentridge, pretty sure he was a big Young and the Restless fan back in the day. Tell me at Brentridge Ford and when they are looking for your trades. They are down several units, and the Ford Motor Company will give you a trade-in bonus of up to 2500 bucks for your 2016 model or older. The team at Brentridge Ford is keeping your safety, safety their top priority as they comply with all AHF's safety Protocols. Go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaski. John Shannon is coming up. I don't know what his favorite uh, soap opera was from the 1980s, but we're about to find out what his favorite movie was. And then, obviously, we're going to hook up on the conversation around the NHL and the NHLPA. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.